from Kirkco Media. Life done better. This podcast is produced for all the unicorns who strive to create a life on their own terms, don't take life too seriously, and are on a mission to make a positive impact in this world. In the show, we're getting real about daily struggles and obstacles and how to best navigate through difficult times and challenges in life so you can make better decisions for yourself and feel healthy, confident, and aligned. Feel less alone and more connected. We're in this together. From my heart to yours. Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeYoung. My guest today is Kim Strother. Kim is a wellness coach, personal trainer, and yoga instructor. As one of LA's top celebrity trainers, she spent over a decade creating individualized health programs for clients, including her popular 30-day in-home bootcamp experience. Kim has been a featured fitness instructor at studios and workshops across the country, including Mary's Bootcamp, Bandir, and Summit Series. Hello, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you on the phone again, or actually on Zoom, because I talked to you on the phone. It's the very first time I see you in person, and yeah. you are as beautiful as all the pictures on Instagram. There oh is no, gosh. like, you know, Instagram <laughs> versus reality. This is you. You're sharing so much about yourself, and it's so real. So there's a lot of um, collective anxiety uh, during COVID-19. So let's talk about some ideas that you may have, like how can we move forward in these uncertain times, not knowing if the hiking trails or the beach will stay open. We may get another, you know, like quarantine period. We don't know what we're facing. Uh, It may also go really well and things may go back to normal, uh, but we just don't know. So how do we implement these things that we want to do and and let's really talk about like the fitness aspect of it the the mental health aspect of it um what do you see that your clients um yourself your friends have successfully done during this time and we can all benefit from what's so interesting during this time as uncertain as it is and and certainly people dealing with stress and fear and, and not knowing what's happening i think one beautiful thing that's really come out of it is that, and really thanks to social media and, and you know any kind of online streaming, like people are really taking the time for themselves. And granted, we haven't been at work, so we have the time, but I think making that time every day to move and whether you're following someone live on Instagram or you've subscribed to an app, people are actually taking the time for self-care. And so I think it's actually helped people slow down. I mean, we kind of were forced to, but, you know, meditation apps, workouts, you know, live or on YouTube or whatever it is, um, self-care, taking, I, I took more Epsom salt baths over this course, which I love and would light candles. And oh, it really so became such a self-care ritual for me. And it's something I've always done definitely did way more of it. So I think the self-care element here has has really heightened. And I think it's just brought people awareness of, wow, I feel better when I move, when I meditate, when I breathe, when I take five minutes out of my day to 
give myself a mini facial, whatever it is, I think that self-care has really become so important and people are, are finally really seeing the benefit of doing it and, and taking care of themselves where before we were just so busy, busy on the go. Oh, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to make it to the gym. I don't have time to sit for five right. minutes every morning and meditate. And so I think the good that will come out is now that we've done it and we see the benefits of it, that we will then take that forward. And so I think almost wellness and self-care really have been such a game changer for people. And I think it will carry over into the future. And I think that's great for, for the wellness space, but really for each individual that's really taking the time for themselves. Absolutely. I think a lot more people have had the time to take excellent care mm -hmm. of themselves or better than ever before. Yeah. There's also people that find it really hard to stay engaged, to stay motivated, right? And yeah. Um, you know, they may feel really like excited about this app or this new class and they're like, I'm going to do this every day. And then yeah. a week later they've done it maybe once. And they're like, oh, you know, like I can't do this. I'm not motivated. I, this is not for me. And yeah. so how do you deal with people and customers that come to you and say, I'm just not motivated by myself, but they, you know, they can't go back to the gym yet. They, you know, right. they just have real like a hard time motivating. What, what do you have to say to them? Like, I don't think one workout or one way of anything really is right for everyone. And so I think it's finding a collection of, of people, whether it's a trainer or yoga instructor or a meditation that you love and, and giving yourself a variety and then what's been really helpful, I, I truly believe through this, is having friends that can also do it with you. And certainly in oh, this yeah. time, there is a lot of free content. And so what's amazing is that you can do it together. So you have friends to hold you accountable. Certainly also doing Zoom classes where you have you know five to 10 friends that are, are going to do a Zoom workout. And so... It, it's a way to connect with your friends, move your body. Have fun. It's that not that you have to go hard on yourself mm -hmm. as in, oh, you got to, you know, yeah. run for an hour now. But how about walking? How about turning on some music and, and do a short yoga session? Be easy with yourself and just yeah. move. Even if it's 10 minutes, just move your body, you yeah. know? And, and, and so that's, I, a, that's being kind, being kind yeah. to yourself. Yeah. I would have missed out on all this fun if I right. had not been prepared to do this. Right. For me, and I, I hope this also resonates with everyone that's listening, is when I tie a fitness goal to a feeling and an experience, motivation mm -hmm. will stay. Like, yes, yeah, sure, yeah. some days it may be more or less, but that big juicy goal is where I get really excited about if you talk about certain experiences and certain feelings and things that, you know, yeah. you will always remember for the rest of your life, like you won't remember the day that you walked around and say, well, I was five pounds lighter and that was the best day of my right. life. No one, no right. one's going to say that. Right. And no one is going to say, well, it was a beautiful selfie and I really enjoyed the rest of my year. And so like to go through that mental struggle and then eventually come out of it and finish I mean, that type of energy and experience lasts a long time. And that yeah. carries over again into a new adventure. All right, okay, I can do this. So what, 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 what do I want to do next? It's also tied into self-confidence. 
I think mm-hmm. self-confidence is something that you build or can build through sports, through exercise, through feeling more capable. With all of my clients, certainly when people come to me and, and the goal is a weight loss or to fit in the size gene or whatever it is, I really try and steer people into the direction of the feeling, like you said, and take take it away a number or a size or inches because I think it, it's what the, it's the feeling that motivates people. And, and I even say to people, especially when kind of on the nutrition front of let's try this for two weeks, like give me two weeks, give yourself two weeks and let's see how you feel. And so, and then it takes, it takes off the, the number on the scale. It takes away from, oh, I can't have this, or I can't do this, or I should be doing this. And it focuses on the feeling. And, and I have to say that when, when people get that two weeks in and they, they do notice a difference and they do feel better or they're happier, they have more mental clarity or their stomach's not bloated and hurting. And it's, it's those first two weeks that I find that if you can focus on the feeling, that's what hooks people. It's really about feeling better in our own bodies, which then in turn gives us all the benefits of leading a healthier, longer life and being able to be more active. But it's, I think the first part is that feeling, wow, I have more energy. Wow. I don't, I'm not congested today because I stopped eating whatever it is that might be bothering them. So it's really getting everyone and including myself too. I definitely, you know, I struggled with Lyme disease years ago. And so getting sick for me was really challenging, but I changed my diet, went fully paleo, started eating meat, which was really hard. But it was, I gave myself those first couple weeks to see, like, let me try this because I felt so terrible and let me see how I feel and stop focusing on the like, oh, I'm eating meat and I'm missing having grains. And, and then it was, it was the feeling. It was the feeling that hooked me. I felt better. I could breathe. I could think in the morning. And so for me, it's so personal of, of making such a big shift, even though it was really challenging for me to switch from being vegetarian oh, to huge. going full Absolutely. paleo. But you know what? I, I just try to, when I work with clients or even with friends that are struggling with, whether it's a, a weight loss goal or it's they have a chronic illness, it's always really focusing on that feeling. And I think that's mm-hmm. what drives people. A hundred percent. I love yeah. that you say that. And also I want, I'm curious to hear what made you think of doing paleo kind of total opposite of, you know, being vegetarian. So like yeah. what triggered that? Um, and uh, made, did someone make a suggestion to you? Was it intuitive? Yeah. No. So I actually, I mean, I'd seen a million different doctors for Lyme and certainly leading up to getting diagnosed with Lyme disease was a journey. How long did it take to, to get diagnosed? Cause a lot of people. It took two, it took two years to actually get diagnosed with Lyme. Um, however, I think I had Lyme for years and years and years prior, but I had, you know, I would have bouts of fatigue or migraines and you know, and then eventually it started all combining where I had two years of truly being sick and being on antibiotics at least once a month, if not twice a month, because I had a chronic sinus infection, a chronic upper respiratory infection. You know, I was so sick that I was like, okay, I have to do this because I actually can't live like this because I feel so terrible that I was really willing to try anything. And I mean, granted, I don't think everybody has to get to that point where you're so desperate, but 
again, I think it just falls back to that, that two week marker. And that's where I've had great success with clients that want to feel better or have more energy, or they do have a chronic health issue. And it's really looking at what they're eating, what they're doing, making small adjustments, focusing on how they're feeling. And it's Mm. the feeling that can feeling again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes we have to get so damn uncomfortable in our body, in our mind to accept the change. Sometimes we really do have or do ourselves a disservice of waiting so long. And, and so if you start like feeling symptoms in your body, listen to it. You, you know, I always say the body first whispers, right? It's like, Hey, you know, something is wrong with you. You know, like just like a little, you know, something that is just different. Yeah. Okay. Pay attention. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. On Medicine, We're Still Practicing, join Dr. Stephen Tabak and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Produced by Kurt Co. Media. We're back with celebrity trainer Kim Strother. During this time, what have you learned about yourself? What have you struggled with and what have you you felt like, wow, this is something that I really actually enjoyed and I didn't even know? Yeah, you know, I think lots of struggles have have come up and and it's actually funny earlier this morning a girlfriend called me and and we kind of laughed about it because she said all the same things that I I feel and and certainly other friends say is like this uncertainty of what life really looks like. And especially from a a work standpoint of, and you know, she's also in the wellness space. And so it is so different and it's kind of coupled with this, um, you know, hopefulness of like, wow, well, maybe I can, I can go online and I, I, cause the wellness space is, is actually doing well online. And, but then in comes the self doubt of like, could I really build this platform? And Will people really watch it? And will it be as meaningful as I hope it is to me in sharing it? And will that come across to people? And and then you kind of get in this like little cycle of of, of self-doubt and and then also feeling overwhelmed with the amount of work it's going to take. And certainly I've gone through it and it's always so funny because I always tell other people, you know, meditate. And then I like try to take my own advice and I have so many things swirling in my brain that I sit to meditate and three minutes in, I'm like, ah, forget about you it. Know? And, like, I have <laughs> yes. days where I'm like, I can't even do my meditation because my mind is just going, going. And do you I, stick with I, it? Or do you then say, you know what? I, I just don't want to ask too much of myself. Like, how do you deal with that? I do both. You know, some days I'm like, okay, three minutes. That was today. And that's a win. And then other days I'll try and continue to sit and push through and really focus on my breath. It was so crazy just changing the breath, um, how much stillness and peace I felt and my mind was actually quiet. And, you know, my intention was for peace going into that breath work. And I was just like, it's such a wonderful reminder that we actually have all of the tools we need inside of us. And we can really just, if we can be still and focus on our breath, how much things can change in that 
that crazy little voice up there that runs around can actually quiet down and just like connect back with ourselves. So, and then I cried at the end of it, which was great. <laughs> it's so good to hear you talk about that. Cause as I'm listening, I'm like, I feel myself go like, yeah, that's right. You know, like take that deep breath. Yeah. So what would you suggest for everyone that is already on a fitness journey, let's say committed to working out two, three times a week and not really seeing results, not really tightening up the way I'd like to, or, you know, the area that I'm focusing on is just not really changing. What would you suggest to do? And what would you kind of like, if you could be a food detective, what would you be, you know, what questions would you ask? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I always ask people what they're eating. And I also ask people what they enjoy eating as well, because I'm a huge believer in what works for one person does not work for someone else. You know, we're all our own unique person. So bio-individuality, not, nothing is going, what works for you might not work for me. And I think it's trial and error. Yeah. So I think it's really important to find out how people are feeling and then what they're consuming and then look at it from there and see it, you know, are they feeling lethargic? Are they having brain fog? Um, and then are they, are they eating a ton of grains and maybe dialing it back that way to see if they have some relief by pulling that out? I think, you know, or if it's, they're working out three days a week and they still feel like they, you know, have a belly and they don't like it. Well, what are, what are they drinking? Are they drinking beer? Are they drinking wine? How much are they having? So I think mm -hmm. it's really what we're putting in our bodies and really taking a step back and looking at that. I mean, certainly moving is, I think, equally as important, but what we're putting in our bodies is really, you know, we're doing that more and we really need to look and kind of be a detective and see what's working and what's not. And what's amazing is when you kind of do dial back, you start to notice like, oh, wow, if I, if I haven't had grains for a few days and then I do, and then you feel tired or you feel bloated, or even it could be something as simple as an avocado, you could, you could not yeah, agree with you. You might have a food absolutely. allergy. And so it's just paying attention to what's working. And sometimes it can be the most simple change to take something out of our, our diet, again, going back to seeing how you feel. And it, it does take a little time of trial and error to figure it out. But once you figure out what really works for you and how to you know optimize your health, feel your best and have the most energy as people come to me to find this out, it's really for me about listening, really listening to what people are telling me, listening to how they're feeling, listening to what they're eating, listening to you know, what it is that's, that's bothering them, or they feel like holding them back mm -hmm. and just holding space for them to share. And it's almost amazing when you hold space for people to tell you what they're feeling, they often come up with the answer themselves. Oh yeah. I love that when that happens and they hear themselves say it, it's like, what did you just say? And, yeah. um, and oftentimes we do have the answers within ourselves, but we just need, uh, you know, a sounding board really. Yeah. But what I do find interesting is that when I ask my clients to actually write down what they eat in a day, and this, you, you know, you can all do at home, write down what you eat, what you drink and how much of it, because it's not necessarily that you're not eating the right things, but you may be just eating too much of a certain thing, too little of something else. It's kind of dialing dialing it in. So mm -hmm. I know coffee is also quite addictive and it's, it's, um, it's hard to like go cold turkey, but I always ask, hey, do you want to do an experiment? Should we, um, mm -hmm. instead of going, you know, 
from four cups to zero, would you want to do, you know, like half, like two, one in the morning, one a little bit later, you know, in the morning or afternoon. Okay, I can do that. And funny thing is that oftentimes when you give them, again, freedom, because they're choosing to take on an experiment and not saying, I'm restricting myself from now on, not having coffee at all. I got to drink tea, which I don't like, you know, it's not going to work. Um, yeah. But then they're like, wow, I feel more awake, funny enough. I felt like I constantly needed my coffee to get you know, to that point where I feel focused and energized, but it actually really sabotages my energy and I feel so much better now. And right. um, I, I want to just take it all out and see what happens. And so then yeah. again, it's their choice. I think choosing from like within and not someone telling you what to do, but merely giving you suggestions is also really important. Uh, so right. when, when anyone wants to change, it's like, if, if you make the change yourself, if you decide that you want to change, it is so powerful and you feel really empowered in that decision. You're excited about it, but it's kind of like when mom and dad say, you can't have that, right? You shouldn't do right. that. You want to do it, right? We rebel. It's natural. Yeah. So coming from a, true desire and, and really wanting to change for you is, is definitely a, a key to success. Yeah. Agreed. Everyone is so different and has a different idea of what healthy is. You know, it's, it is, I think sugar is the, is the one thing that people don't even realize how much they're consuming sometimes, but you know, you think you have a bar that's, you know, a great in-between meal and it's just packed with sugar, even though it's, natural or it's organic they've they've become the new candy bars because you know we're not eating the snickers anymore but we are replacing them with what we think is a more healthy granola bar and they are you know wrapped into a protein bar and uh, again we have to be really careful and read labels right exactly And, and that's the biggest thing i say is read the label and if it says cane sugar don't get it because we're getting smarter, the um, companies are getting smarter about like how they word sugar, right? Because they there's so many words for sugar. When you look at the packaging, the most used ingredient will be listed first. And so if it's sugar, you know, you're going to pick it up, look at it, and then going to put it down. But if you divide sugar between maple syrup, honey, and cane sugar, then all of a sudden, it's not the first thing on the packaging anymore. It's not the main ingredient anymore. It may be fourth and seventh and ninth because it's now divided up three different ways to sweeten. So it's really smart, but we have to constantly look and see if we're getting fooled. And so it's, it's kind of sad that we have to do this, but you know, we also want to feel empowered in the decisions that we make. And so it is an easy way to educate yourself and to take charge, right? And not getting tricked into becoming little sugar addicts. <laughs> which I feel like we were all trained as children to be sugar addicts. I feel like we've gone over so much today and all these nuggets of wisdom that uh, you shared. And thank you so much for being on the show. How can we stay in touch with you? Oh my goodness. Usually whatever I'm doing, you can find on Instagram. And certainly on Instagram, there's a link to my website if there's anything missing, but all my offerings are on my website. It was just a real pleasure talking to you. I feel like, uh, you know, you're a like-minded soul and I really enjoyed your energy and beautiful smile. Thank you so oh, much thank for you. being here and taking the time to share. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Jill. 
The one thing we cannot buy more of is time. Time is precious, and I am so grateful that you chose to spend time listening to my podcast. There's a lot more I'd like to share with you, so don't forget to subscribe to Life Done Better on your favorite podcast app, and stay in touch. If you have a question or a topic you want to hear discussed on the show, shoot me a message on Twitter at underscore Life Done Better. We all deal with a lot in our lives, and it's freeing to talk about it openly. From my heart to yours, thanks for listening. From Kirkco Media, media for your mind.